This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, 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 one and all, to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 268, but wait, it's more than that. No, 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 because it's also day four. It's also day four. Of the countdown to Halloween Potathon. Okay, and all a whole bunch of you just went, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, day four, what happened in days two and three? Okay, calm down. Did I miss something or has Patrick forgotten how to do math again? I probably did forget how to do math, but not, not, not right now. That's not one of the things I did wrong over the past few days. But as I mentioned last time, there were some errors made on my part combined with some technical things out of my control that have put a big stumbling block in the way of the potathon. And now we're behind. Now, there are two episodes that are just floating around waiting to come out and they're late and it's all bad. It's all really quite bad. And I will go into what happened after we talk to our very special guest tonight because I haven't even talked about what we're doing here tonight. And what is this countdown to Halloween potathon? Those of you who are new are probably wondering that too. What is he going on and on and on about? And who is this talky queen just yammering and yammering in my ears anyway. Who does he think he is? Well, I'm going to tell you who I think I am and actually who I am. So please, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of little money and poor taste, but you can call me Patrick Walsh. And normally, every month, twice a month, I am your guide to the weird and wonderful worlds of horror movies. Except you're going to have to see these movies through my very, very gay little eyes. <laughs> Who's that person? I don't like him. And we're still, do well, we're still doing that, but this month we're doing it every day. Why? Well, because I've dedicated this part of October as a time I give back to the LGBT community and address one of the biggest problems that are facing our young people out there right now, and that is the problem of homelessness among the queer population of teenagers. Statistically speaking, an LGBT teenager out there is 120% more likely to become homeless than his you know, straight or, or cisgendered counterparts. And the number that you will hear over and over and over again during this fortnight of fright that I've concocted for you is 40%. Among the overall teenage homeless population, queer youth make up 40% of that. That's almost half. Almost half. Fellow queer people out there, you know how excited you are when you go to, a, I don't know, a party or, 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 or start a, working a new job and you realize, oh my gosh, there's another gay person here, hooray! In this sea of new people, there's one gay person. Yeah, that's because normally queer people make up, you know, maybe about 10% of the population, one in 10. But among that homeless teenage population, it's four out of 10. And there are reasons for that. And none of them are good. And the outlook for them is not good either, especially under this administration. There's just not much help out there 
And what help there is, it's hard to get into because, well, they're not, they're still not protected and, 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 and not wanted either. And I'm concerned under our current administration, which was so eager and delighted to kick trans people out of the army. I'm waiting for trans and queer people to be kicked out of other things too. Like not be eligible for services like Medicaid or Medicare or disability or social security services or aid when you become homeless. I mean, fortunately, there are organizations out there that are helping. They're out there. Some are big, some are small. And I've chosen to help one of the small ones. I, I, I volunteer with them whenever I can. And that is a group called New Alternatives here in New York City. Since the organization is small, you actually get personal service. There's these kids that come in to see them. Don't have to do a lot of jumping through red tape. You just walk in, sign up, and you're in. They're helping you. And you're not just a number. You're a person. They know you for not just finding homes, but, but you know, for health care and hot meals and specific needs of, of queer people that other organizations don't address or won't address, which is worse. And that is why I'm asking you to take some time and a little bit of your money and donate it to the Potathon. And everything that's donated here goes directly to new alternatives. There's no middleman here, uh, services that I've picked to collect the donations. I never see a dime of it. They don't take a cut of it. Every penny of it is going directly to help immediately. Like it gets funneled straight to them right after you hit the button. And you can help out very simply. There's two websites you can go to. Pick the one you like. There's one on Facebook. There's a Facebook uh, fundraising page. And there's also the official Noel Turner's page that's run through classy.org. There's two for a reason. Lately, a lot of people have a lot of issues with Facebook. Security and where their political leanings lie and that sort of a thing. However, I learned last year that the donations come in more quickly there than they do on the other side. Because I guess people are already on Facebook. They don't want to go to another side. Bam, it's in. So if you want to donate on Facebook, what you do is the URL that you need is bit.ly slash pod. Once again, that's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash F-B for Facebook, S-Q for Scream Queens, and pod for Potathon. Go over there and do that. If um, you prefer to use the other site, that's fine too. Some, it does not matter to me, and it will not matter to new alternatives. You can go to, for that one, you can go to bit.ly, bit.ly. Slash SQ pod NA. Once again, that's bit.ly slash SQ for Scream Queens, pod for Podathon, and NA for New Alternatives. Now, I know I just threw a lot of bits and lees and letters at you, and you're all like, what? I know my brain hurts just trying to get through that all. Don't you worry. There are links right there in the show notes. There are links on the webpage. There are going to be links all over my Facebook and Twitter feed so you can find them. So there's no excuses. Open up your wallets and give, 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 give like these people that I'm about to talk about right now. I've got some people to thank. I was very happy this year because uh, when I set up the uh, I set up the page 
you know, I don't want to wait to the last minute to do that. So I, I so I set up the page on Monday for the show uh, for the event to start on Thursday, and it was like twenty minutes after I set it up, and stuff started coming in already. This is the thing about Facebook. Like I don't have to tend to it, and donations come in. That's why it's. That's why I set up this page. I, I was shocked at the amount of donations that came in last year from Facebook without me prompting people. And these are some of those people who are doing it this year. Yes, so let's do this. Okay. For these people who donated, you didn't have to do you know what you did, but you did or what you did. And, and I thank you. And the first one is Vinny Morano. Hey, Vinny Morano, how you doing? Hey, you guys remember Vinny Morano, right? Yeah, yeah. He was on last year. He was on with John Clemo. He talked about the abominable Dr. Fives. He's a great guy. And he's like, the, he's like the god of like independent theater here in New York. And he's the god of my heart right now because Vinny gave me a fat 50 to give to the kids in the alternatives. Yeah. $50 from Vinny. And I just have to apologize to Vinny publicly because Vinny and John were all set to come back to the show again and talk about the haunting of Hill House. But they're one of the shows, their episodes were the ones that I, we just couldn't connect. And then there was always tech problems. Then finally, I just ran out of time with them. So Vinny, I was, hey, Vinny, yeah, Vinny, I'm really, so, I'm really sorry, you know, that you all, you know, you know, that you just didn't get on the show again. Hey, Vinny, like, I'm really sorry you didn't get on the show again. But man, this Vinny box is pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Thank you for not holding it against the kids. Anyway, thank you, Vinny. And the next one is... Nancy Wilhartigi? Nancy Wilhartigi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Nancy. I'm not, I don't know you personally, but I love your name. It's fun to say. I hope I'm saying it. Nancy Wilhartigi. I like it. I like it. I can say... I, never mind. I'm just being silly right now. Nancy donated... Nancy donated... Nancy Well Nancy Well Hartiki. Nancy Well Hartiki. She donated $25. I don't know if you're Irish or not. Probably not with that name, but it's fun. Nancy, Nancy Well Hartiki donated $25. And thank you for that. And I'm sorry for making fun. <laughs> if you think I'm making fun of you right now, I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. Patrick's giddy. Okay. Parathon giddiness. Let it go, let it slide. And thank you very much. Oh, Brett Burke hyphen hearts. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, what a guy. He gave $150. Brett, thank you so much. And hold on to yourself because I got a special announcement for you. But you got to wait till I thank everybody else. Okay, just hold on to yourself. Because he also, also, hey, you know, okay, look, I, like he's, he's cowering in the corner over here, just waiting his turn to be thanked. He's trying to slink out of the room before I get to him. But, but Brad Martin's over there. Brad Martin, the amazing Mr. Brad. Remember him? Yeah, he donated $25. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Woody. Woody. My favorite guy from the UK, Mr. David Woody, my roller coaster queen. Yes. $19 from him. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh an upcoming guest of the show. Upcoming guest of the show, guest host, Mr. Christopher Gronlin from the Non About Lumberjacks podcast. Boom. $50 from him. Boom. Boom. Oh, and there's another one. I just, I just, I just grabbed. Coming hot on heels of that $50. Boom. Another $50 from Sherry Bean. Boom. Sherry Bean shooting out $50 like, like, <laughs> I was going to say a crazy gunman, but that doesn't seem appropriate. Firing out $50 like a crazy lady with a big heart who just wants to help some unfortunate kids. Bam, Sherry Bean, that's coming in $50. But boom, thank you. Thank you, Sherry, for $50. Oh, and Pete Man. Pete Man. Oh, hey. You know how last episode we had Michael K. Loon on and we were supposed to have Scott Earl on? We were talking about 
failed Shamanon man. We have another failed Shamanon man here, Pete Meehan, my friend from high school and who I went to college with, and he gave us $100. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Don't wait, but wait, but wait, kids. I'm not done. I am not done. I am not even remotely done. So you just, you just sit, you just sit down right now. You just sit down and pay some respect. Cause look who just walked into the room. Zombie girl TJ. Ba-boom, here she comes, strutting the style. Zombie girl TJ. I don't know what the part is. I'm just trying to make this as exciting as possible. Exciting as possible for you, TJ. She's up on that catwalk, strutting her stuff just like she was at Maurice Crisis, screaming out the lyrics to Oklahoma. Like a, the crazy drunk bitch that she was, that crazy drunk bitch that I love so much. <laughs> Zombie Girl TJ, $80. Thank you very much. You gave me $80 worth of dollars. I'm giving you a million dollars worth of thanks. Thank you, TJ. And finally, Wendy Collier. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Collier. I keep saying Wendy Collier, but that's not right. Wendy Collier, my tongue is tired. I have to say thank you to Wendy because Wendy, Wendy donated $20. Thank you, Wendy. For $20, you got to help some homeless kids. You also got a spontaneous copyright violating serenade from me. What a bargain. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who donated. Thank you. You're making me very, very happy. So right now on day four of the Potathon, we have $549. Ching, 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 ching. Now I had set a goal. Of $4,000. I had felt bad that we were losing a week of the potathon. We made $2,500 last year. We made more than that. The goal was $2,500. And I thought, God, we, 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 we. losing a week? Are we going to be able to match the goal from last year with a week's less worth of time? And I said, yes, yes, we can. We have to push. If I don't set a goal to push for, we won't get there, right? Right. Let's make it $4,000. The official goal for the Scream Queens countdown to Halloween Potathon for 2019 is $4,000. That is what I said. And that is before I fucked up things again. And we lost another several days of the Potathon. So, ay, ay, ay. Are we going to make it? I have no idea. But am I going to stop? Absolutely not. And neither should you. Once again, those URLs to donate bit.ly FB. SQPod for the Facebook page or bit.ly slash SQPod NA. And I only touched on this last time, but this year for the Potathon, we're going to be offering some incentives for you. Yes, to push you a little farther, to give a little more. Because this year we need it. I've fucked up enough. <laughs> so that number that keeps coming up over and over in the course of this Potathon and all the Potathons for, for new alternatives is 40%. Remember how last year I said, I'm giving you 21 episodes. Give me $21, dollar an episode. Well, this year I'm asking for 40. Like this is not required amounts of donation. You can donate whatever you want, but the donation number that would really make me happy and mean something that's significant is $40. $40 to commemorate the 40%. Turn that bad 40 into a good 40 with your 40. And if you do that, if you donate $40 or more, you will get the official Scream Queens magnet. Uh, cute little magnet with the logo. All yours is a thank you for your generosity. And if you donate $100 or more, you can get any piece of merchandise from the official Scream Queens Tea Public store emblazoned with the exclusive Countdown to Halloween 2019 logo featuring Spooky Smoochie. 
that was designed by Carly McCutcheon. You can get that in place on anything you want. You get that for free from me as a thank you, as a super thank you. And of course, if you're dying, if you're dying to wear a spooky version of my cat on your chest or drink out of a coffee mug with her face on it, you can buy one on your own. If you can't afford $100, that's cool. And it's really easy to get the spooky spooky. I can't say it. I can't say it, but you can buy it. You can get the spooky smoochy t-shirt by heading to bit.ly slash spooky smooch. Really easy to remember this time. Spooky smooch. Get your spooky smooch at the Tea Public store today. Do not wait. Kids, I'm already emotionally drained and we haven't even gotten to the show part of the show yet. I haven't even told you what the show part of the show part is. Well, it turns out that there is a house on the English cliffs. They call it Windsor House, and its halls are haunted by many a lady ghost. In the movie, The Uninvited, Patrick's in a very singy mood today. Oh, it's going to be one of these shows. Yes, we're going to be talking about the classic film, The Uninvited, from 1944. A movie whose importance to the horror community I was not aware of the last time I briefly talked about it, way, way back in the first season of the show. And also a movie that's just steeped. Steeped, steeped in coded gay content. These are some gay-ass ghosts up in that house. And joining me to talk about the movie are Josh Krebs and Liz Richard Krebs from Bloody Date Nine. Yeah, they're back for their third year of the Potathon. But before we start the show, I do want to talk about some people whose help with the Potathon has been insurmountable. And those are the people at Squadcast. Now I'm gonna issue a challenge out here right now, and this is for my fellow podcasters out there. I just want you to listen to the interview segments throughout the Potathon. Almost all of them were recorded with Squadcast. Listen to the ones that recorded with Squadcasts and the ones that didn't. And the ones that didn't, there were various reasons for. There was, it was usually because one of my guests' internet connections wasn't strong enough to connect with Squadcast. And you'll be able to tell which ones they are, A, because I'll tell you which ones they are, but also because there is a distinct drop in sound quality. With Squadcast, it sounds like we're all in the same room. It's incredibly easy to use. It's easy to set up. It's easy for your guests to understand. And it's a delight to use. And it made the recording segment of the podcast with the guests so much easier than when I have to use these other services, especially even editing afterwards. So much easier. So just... Take a listen, if you're a podcaster, and see if Squadcast might be something that you're interested in. And if it is, use that link in the show notes and go check them out. And tell them I sent you, okay? All right, finally, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, it is time to bring on the Krebses from Bloody Date Night. And they've been waiting in the green room long enough, and if you leave Josh in the room for too long, he starts, like, peeing on the furniture and stuff. So I'm just going to stop my yammering, play the trailer for The Uninvited, and bring on Liz, bring on Josh. Hose off the furniture, and let's talk about some spooky, spooky ghosts. This is the voice of the uninvited. It's coming from downstairs. It comes from everywhere and nowhere. A house of terror on the haunted cliffs of Cornwall, where the uninvited walk unseen by men. Yet a cat arches its back in fright. Flowers are withered by the touch of an unseen, malignant hand. Candles flicker and die as a ghostly chill fills the air. 
and the living are clutched by the icy horror of the restless dead. Stop, Pamela. Don't go near that door. The Uninvited, Dorothy McCardle's gripping novel of the supernatural comes to the screen, starring Rayma Land, Ruth Hussey, Donald Crisp, with Cornelia Otis Skinner, and introducing the exciting beauty of Gail Russell, whose first love is shadowed by the specters of the past. Stella, what is it? Are you ill, Stella? Quiet. Leave her alone. Oigon. Oigon. Stop her, Scott. She's in a trance. I saw this happen once before at a seance. I thought it was a fake. But this isn't. I know. It's dangerous. Please get out of this house, Stella. Now lie there quietly. I'm not afraid of anything here. Then be afraid. Be afraid for heaven's sake. When you were a little child, the evils of this house reached out for you. Stella, go! Go! So joining me once again on this particular leg, this very, very spooky leg of the Countdown to Halloween Podathon, are two returning guests, and I'm going to introduce them in song. He likes horror movies, but she's on the fence. How will their love survive? Will anyone survive is the question. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Nope, let me do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, put your hands together for Josh and Liz from Bloody Date Night. Jokes on you, we're hetero. What? We're heteros. But what but what about the time we And then Liz what Well, <laughs> I hate to say it, Patrick, but that wasn't me. Oh, it was your Cylons. Yeah, I got a Cylon working for me now. It's welcome know. back to the show. And just so everybody knows, I want you guys to know that this is the second time Josh and Liz have come back for this. We're coming back with a completely different movie. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. know, you know, I've always wanted to have a lost episode. So, so these two are <laughs> extra awesome. These two are extra awesome. And uh, before we go any further, why don't you guys introduce yourselves in a little let me mansplain you? Why don't you guys tell everybody about yourself and what goes on at Bloody Date Night? Well, uh, my name is Josh, and this is your name is I'm Liz. Thank you for pronouncing it properly. And uh, we host Bloody Date <laughs> Night, which is a uh, horror movie podcast where I love horror movies, Liz doesn't. So each show. We uh, we watch a particular horror movie that I love and I've have a fondness for, and Liz is seeing for the first time. And we get together and we talk about it, and we uh, and I try to lure Liz into the the horror obsession that I have, and she's uh, and she's somehow. What, what, how would you describe it? Me? How yeah. would I describe myself? Um, my points of reference for everything are really uh, musical theater. Uh, law and Order, and reality television. So I yeah. would say usually that's how I have to relate these movies uh, to my life. Um, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, keep, yeah. No, okay, it's interesting. It's like the two of you or me split in two. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Josh got one half, half Liv's got the other half. And Josh, <laughs> you said something that Liz, you know, she hasn't really embraced the horror as much as you, she married you. 
That is true. It's true. That's I the am... scariest thing of all, man. <laughs> the scariest thing in the world is to marry me. Yes. That is true. I well, it's it's also really good too because today we were kind of like, oh, we we should start like breaking out stuff for for Halloween. So we're slowly putting stuff into Halloween uh, up for Halloween, and we just put up. Uh, Michael Myers, our little stuffed Michael Myers doll. Oh, so he's Myers. Right now. We've got a little, a little skeleton he... hanging on the door. Nice. Nice, nice. Never yeah. too early, even though it's no. October right now. I don't know what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it is already 2020. Yes. And uh, I cannot wait for this new president to come in. <laughs> I love I love the flying cars we have now. They're amazing. The flying cars <laughs> are amazing. Great. And man, it's such a shame that we were not recording early this afternoon because we had perfect weather for a spooky ghost story. Yes. Oh yeah, that is true. Oh, that my storm gosh. was amazing, but they don't know about that, and they also don't care. So the movie that we're talking about is actually one we've talked about on the show before. Well, I did a long, long time ago by myself. I did a very brief summer at like in the first year or two of the show, and. I'm discovering it's fun to revisit these things with guests a few years later because, you know, times change. Views on things change, and I didn't even skim the surface of what's going on with this movie. And the mm-hmm. movie that we're talking about is a little ditty from 1944, going all the way back to the golden age of Hollywood to talk about the uninvited. Man, World War II's ending, <laughs> and we get a lesbian horror movie. I love that's it. Right, that's right. <laughs> this is, yeah, I've how never heard of this how, movie before. Oh, oh, it's a family favorite. It only just got released on DVD the same time it got a Criterion. Like, the first DVD release it got was a Criterion release. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. No, it pops up on AMC every Halloween, or, or TMC, I should say, so I always watch it. It's just mm-hmm. the, thing. the reason it's a family favorite is because it's about the Fitzgerald family, and that's my legal name. Oh, wow. And we're also all lesbians. <laughs> You're all lesbians? I'm all lesbians. <laughs> okay. And you love big, spooky painting rooms. I do love big spooky painting rooms and eroticized pictures of Tilda Swinton, but we're not there. Yeah. <laughs> that was we're Tilda Swinton. She looks great. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> only in the one. Swinton. Only in the one. Only yeah. in the eroticized one. Okay, so as you know, guys, you've been here often enough that we have a little tradition here that I'm going to need one of you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of The Uninvited. And since I kind of picked it for her, I'm going to go with Liz. Okay. The clock starts now. All right, so there's this brother and sister. They wander into an abandoned house, and they love it, and they decide to use all of their savings to buy it, even though it may be haunted. Uh, So they rebuild this house and deal with the spooky goings-on, and also the guy who sold it his niece or his granddaughter is kind of creepy. He loves to hang around the house. Also, there's a dog. (laughs) Well done, well done. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That was the important part was the dog. Bobby the, the dog, dog is, man. The dog is Oh, key. yeah. Bobby the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting off. We get a nice little voiceover from Ray Milland, who's the star of this. They call them the haunted shores. These stretches of Devonshire and Cornwall and Ireland, which rear up against the westward ocean. Mists gather here and sea fog and eerie stories. That's not because there are more ghosts here than in other places, mind you. It's just that people who live hereabouts are strangely aware of them. You see, day and night, year in, year out, they listen to the pound and stir of the waves. There's life and death in that restless sound, and eternity too. If you listen to it long enough, all your senses are sharpened. You come by strange instincts. You get to recognize that peculiar cold which is the first warning. A cold which is no mere matter of degrees Fahrenheit, but a draining of warmth from the vital centers of the living. 
Local people tell me they would have felt it, even outside that locked door. We didn't. They can't understand why we didn't know what it meant when our dog wouldn't go up those stairs. Animals see the blasted things, it appears. Well, my sister Pamela and I knew nothing about such matters. Not then we didn't. I also love Ray Milan in this because he's really charming, and I'm covering another movie of his in the Potathon from way later in the career when he's a really cranky old drunk that hates everything he's doing. Oh, really? Oh, is, nice. he, and so he's tur- this is this Richard Burton uh, era? Oh. <laughs> so wait, is he is he British? Is he a British actor? Mm-mm. Or is he, no? I think no? it's just that that continental American accent that everyone had in movies in the 40s. Oh. He's Canadian, actually. He's Canadian. Oh. Okay, because in this, the beginning of the movie, they talk about it being in London, and I was like, oh, cool, but none of these motherfuckers <laughs> have what, British accents. No, well, it didn't shoot there. It shot in Hollywood. It's all American actors for the most part. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just um, like whitewashing British actors, which I feel it's, it's the first instance of that yeah. I've seen in the 1940s. Yeah. They all yep. just have that yep. very posh sound, but yep. not actually British. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would go to believe that some people, somebody's like, they thought they sounded too much new, like New Yorkers, and they're just like, ah, just make, tell them that they're from Britain. <laughs> like, th- then we can pass it along by that, just be like, oh, yeah, I, got, I can't wait till the Mets game gets on. <laughs> and they're all like, well, what if we buy this house? Yeah, the Mets suck this year. Fucking A. Yeah. <laughs> They love. I love the Mets, and I hate the Mets. Forget and I about love, it. And I love lesbian ghosts. Hey, here's a little tidbit about this that doesn't involve lesbians. This is actually a really significant movie in horror history because it is the very first movie ever to feature ghosts as being real and a threat. Whoa! Uh, what were they before? They were either like uh, they were they were played for humor, or okay. it was part of some like scam. Or scheme to cover up a crime, uh, mm-hmm. you know the Scooby Doo thing. We're gonna we're gonna haunt we're gonna haunt yeah. the the, the, like, the the cotton mill to scare every way if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Was it like um, Vincent Price in House in Haunted Hill where he it was all him like to kill his to kill his wife or something like that? Yeah, it would be shit like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah shit that like that. Lame. But this is the first time it ever happened, and apparently it scared the shit out of people. <laughs> uh, you know. The thing that I really loved about this movie, I really enjoyed this movie, so thank you for picking it for me. I figured you would, yeah. Um, is that it's pre-most special effects. Yeah. So it really just sets the mood by being very shadowy, but there's not a lot of effects to work with. There's wind, uh, there's candles going dark, and a lot of suspense, and of course a lot of mimosa. A lot of mimosa, lot and I kept. I said, where, I hope they. I hope they're bottomless mimosas, but they're not. They're just talking about the flower, unfortunately. <laughs> but what was I going to say? Actually, the ghost effects in this, when you actually see the ghost every now and then, mm-hmm. up until the 1980s, it was the same techniques that uh, were being used in every movie. This was the first movie, the movie that pioneered it. The same techniques that Spielberg, or I should say, Toby Hooper, used yeah. in Poltergeist. I love it. Depending on yeah. who you ask. Yeah, by submerging like an actor or or a puppet in the water and letting the and swirling water around so that you get that misty, that's, shroudy. That's effect. how they did that. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. And that was used for sixty, you know, for uh, well, I can't do math. Forty years. I love it's all digital stuff. camera. I love practical effects like that. They're so mm-hmm. fun. And They're apparently, so the effects were so scary that they had to release a copy, uh, a version for release in Britain without them. Without so special effects? It was considered too... Those, those ghost effects were considered too scary to be released in Britain. 
Do they wait? So do they cut all the ghost effects or just like the the woman? I know, like the visual ghost effects had to go. Everything okay, else had to be. Like, it had to be. <laughs> not yes. like the book flipping and like every. It'd be a very weird movie if they, they cut all mentions of the ghost. Well, I don't <laughs> know what's going on at all, but I think that lady's a dyke. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got to say it just like true British people. It's like oh, I bet that that. No, no, it's, it's like um, oh. That one right there. No, that sucks. I can't do a British. Josh, I can't do a, a Brooklyn accent. Right accents, um, epic, always epic fail. To be desired. It's okay. Epic fail. I can't That's do okay. it. It's okay. One of the things that I think is fun about this is that it's not about a, a married couple. That is brother and sister. Yeah, I like that yeah. too. No, of course everyone gets married off heterosexually. At the but end. I'm glad. At the, I'm yeah. glad throughout the whole course of the movie, they kept on telling me that they were brother and sister because each couple moments, I was like, when are these two going to get together and fuck? <laughs> well, they're not. They're not going to have an eye on the child. And also, when this was one of those coded things that they, like, and also just in society, like in this time, if you still were not a woman who was not married by the time you were 25, like Pam in this, and being yeah. taken care of by a family member, you were either ugly or lesbian. Pam is not ugly. So mm, the yeah. audience would have inferred That's that true. she's a lesbian. Yeah. She seems to also run... One lesbian of, in this movie. There's many more. Of, <laughs> how many lesbians oh, can you on. find in this movie? What about Lizzie? Lizzie, our, our drunk Irish maid. Well, here we are. What a grand house, Master Rick. She's a mansion, so it is. But are you worthy of it, Lizzie Flynn? That's what I keep asking myself. <laughs> She's on top of the world. Just, oh, I, I love, love her. There are, no lesb- there are no lesbians in Ireland. None. Absolutely <laughs> none whatsoever. That's why she I, won't go back. <laughs> I love that. Is it like Pam? Pam just kind of flies by the seat of her pants because she just, they all run into an, like a abandoned home, I guess. On yeah, the, they, on the, the dog, the dog yeah, chases, the, the dog Bobby chases, chases a, squirrel. a squirrel. Yeah, squirrel you go, Liz. Yeah. yeah, go, Liz, take it. Yeah, Bobby chases a squirrel. Bobby the dog chases squirrel. a squirrel in. I love that. I, we're, then we're off to the races and they find this house and. It's very easy to purchase real estate in, in this time, apparently. Also, they just, they're just like, oh, we found the guy who owns this house, and we want to buy it, and here's all the money. They take all of their money out of savings, huge mistake, and then buy this house. Yep. Rick, have you noticed anything? Only that I'm in no shape to join the hunting set. No, I mean this house. It's the loveliest thing I ever saw. Look at that staircase. Oh, boy, what banisters for sliding. Oh, Rick. What is it? Well, you're saying that in the house. It took me back. Yeah, it's quite a bit like the... The, the Rose Bowl there, and the grandfather clock there, and, and Mother in her best gray moiré sweeping down the stairs. Well, you'll be howling in a minute. Come on out. Oh, not on your life. I'm going to see the rest of this. Come on, Rick, let's pretend we're buying. I'll toss you for the bedroom with the best view. Oh, they've all got best views. Yep, for, like, on a total... Nothing. On a total whim, on her instinct. Rick. What? I've had one of my feelings. We're really going to buy this house. Oh, yes? And did your feeling tell you what you're going to buy it with? Well, if we both put in everything we have, maybe we can get it. Well, it's terribly out of the way, and it hasn't been lived in for years. We'll get our furniture out of store. Now, be calm, Pamela. A change like this would have to be discussed for months. Oh, nonsense. Important decisions have to be made quickly. Anyway, how many other places for sale? Rick, life isn't as cruel as that. It's got to be. And the thing is, which is amazing too, they buy the and we, we keep saying house. It ain't no house. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. Sure. On the cliff with a beach. 
and a skylight room. They buy the whole. They buy the whole thing for twelve hundred pounds. That's what I was sitting here with Josh. I was like, "Do you understand how cheap that is?" And of course, me not knowing what money is, I'm like, "I don't know. Mm. Well, how much?" So you got to get a lot of fat people. <laughs> Wait, how, ma- give- how, how much was it? How much was it like? In like you in real dollars in U.S. Oh, money. pickle! Mm-hmm. I don't do math. I'll I'll oh. insert that in post. No pickle. I, Flim, Flim the Gargoyle, will be inserting it in post. Because that's my job now, apparently. <laughs> All right, I'm not Googling exactly how things would convert into 1944 currency, but right now, 1,200 euros, since pounds don't exist anymore, 1,200 euros would be $1,323. Yep. That's half the price. That Patrick spends on personal lubricant every month. You could buy a house with two lesbian ghosts. What the bargain? Back to the show, pig fuckers. Nice. Yeah, anyway, anyway, people are fascinated by this right <laughs> now. They love it. Anyway. But the fact that they're brother and sister, they have this great playful relationship. They're constantly playfully sniping at each other. You'll work at your music. My poor lunatic sister. I happen to have a job. Yes, and what a job. Going to concerts and telling your readers how bad the music was. Oh, oh, Rick, it isn't as if you were even a good music critic. Well, well, thank you very much. I love when the mystery kicks in. She turns into Nancy Drew. Yeah. She is not a shrinking violet. She's just like, let's figure this shit out. I said, Pamela, you're not going to get scared of this ghost business, are you? Of course not, Rick. I don't believe in them, really. And Well, I'd be interested, not scared, wouldn't you? Me? Oh, disturbances wouldn't disturb me, not for a single second. Oh, oh it's Bobby. Yeah, of course it's Bobby. Oh, don't go getting imaginative. Yeah, and he's <laughs> left her in the house for like a week. Yeah. But he comes back and she's like, let me tell you what's going yeah, on Yeah, because here. He, he left to go on some business trip, right? And, yeah, he had to go back to London he, and finish and up like affairs. Close yeah. up shop, and right? Like, yeah. And when he came back, she was just like, "Oh yeah, this has been going on for like a week." Oh yeah. Because he, he wakes hearing... up and he just hears, "Oh." I've right? been hearing crying for weeks. So I... It's not a big deal. You hear it? Cool. Rick, Pamela, we don't want to wake Lizzie. But isn't it Lizzie? No, it isn't Lizzie. It's coming from downstairs. It comes from everywhere and nowhere. Take hold of yourself, Pam. I'm going down and search the place. Rick, I've searched. There's never anything there. Never? Do you mean you've heard it before? Yes. Rick, it's true, isn't it? The sound, I mean. You're hearing it, too. Of course I'm hearing it. You see, I wasn't sure. Pam! I thought I might be going crazy. Was that why you didn't tell me? Yes, that. But it's your home. It's all we've got to live in. Sounds so heartbroken. Now, don't get rattled, Pam. There's a logical explanation for this. Such as? Well, you can't expect me to give it to you offhand. It stands to reason. Does it come every night? No. Just when you begin to think you dreamt it, it comes again. Be calm, Pam. Be calm. I'm all right. It'll stop soon now. I heard someone crying. Who else could it be? Maybe it was Mary Meredith. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did find the moaning very, very effective, too. Like, just yeah. him staring down that stairwell into darkness and just hearing that, that, that loud moaning. I was like, oh, wow. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, this movie is not scary by modern standards, but it's got a definite creep factor, which is fun. Yeah. 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 And, and style. Style all out the wazoo. Ooh, I love, so though, styled. too, when they go to meet, you know, they go to find out if the house is available, they meet Stella Meredith, who's this lovely young girl played by Gail Russell, who we'll get into later. She's, ah. a, she's just got these big, wide, sad eyes, and she's... Just oh, oh, she's got uh, the only thing I don't like about this character, and it's not her fault. She's got that Hollywood voice that they all have. Well, all women have to talk like this in every role, and uh, you know, yeah. that kind of yes. shit. I hate it. I hate it, and it really affects her performance. But because she she has some moments where I'm like, oh, you're good. She's, you're really she good. Ingenue voice. Yeah. Yes, ingenue voice. Oh well, golly gee whiz, that whole bullshit. Yeah. But in British, but you should be having fun. I am. Oh nonsense. What are you doing today, for instance? Oh, just things. Facts, details. Come on. Dear, I've got to match some wool. Then I have to stop at the lending library and get a copy of Bleak House. Grandfather and I are reading Dickens. You're not going to do any of those things. I have a much better idea. She said, what do you do? Oh, you want to see my grandfather? What about him? They're like, oh, we saw this house in the hill. And she's just like, that was my mother's house. <laughs> yeah, there's, she, she reveals so, she, she kind of reveals a lot during that first she, meeting with those yeah, two. Yeah, she flips on a dime. And she does that the whole movie where she goes from being this sweet, little girl and then wanting to play the grown-up woman and then the you know the woman with a secret and a past yeah and it's very weird the way it flips back and forth between the two but it Mm -hmm. was fun and also as this as this story goes on she becomes romantically involved with uh ray melanson yeah yeah what's his character's name Rick. rick rick and i think he's like 107 and she's 15? He's in his 30s. He's and she's 20. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Ray Milan was in his 30s when he shot this. Yeah. That's what he says he was, but, you know, it wasn't. Oh, okay, because it's Hollywood, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what, you know, uh, 30 in Hollywood is like 50 in real life, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's, they have such an odd relationship. And I know it was more common in period movies and stuff like that. But for him to keep emphasizing how young she is and she's a child, she's a girl, but also he wants to date her. He is does he, weird. Yeah, he he, like, he insists on infantilizing either and but this is based on a novel, by the way. Uh, oh, okay. and also was a hit Broadway play and I don't have the woman's name in front of me because I'm awful. Oh for fuck's sake, I have the woman's name and I'm awful. <sighs> the name of the woman who wrote the novel of the uninvited is Dorothy McCardle. Is it so hard to Google things? Why do I have to Google everything for you, you lazy son of a bitch? <laughs> I hate you all. Oh, by the way, this is fine. You'll like this, Liz. One of the head screenwriters on this was Dodie Smith. Oh, okay. Do you know who Dodie Smith is? Yeah, why do I know that name? She wrote the book of 101 Dalmatians. That's okay. I love yeah. that. That's yeah, great. which is also terrifying. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, it is. It is. Look, it is. Cruella DeVille is a pretty frightening Disney villain as they go. Well, she wants to skin puppies. She for wants a to coat, skin so. puppies. Like, that's pretty heinous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. Fuck Dodie, then. How dare she? <laughs> but just wanted to throw out that to me. But um, yeah, he's. And in the book, apparently, it's even worse. Oh. That they, they, they're constantly infantilizing her, but apparently, that comes <laughs> from the author's background and stuff. But I'm not going to go into that because it. Yeah, Not I mean, I, I understand. It's a different time, everything, but it is definitely weird. The way he's like, she's just a child. She doesn't know. Uh, yeah, she's actually, just Pamela. A girl. Pamela keeps saying that she's like, she's a child. Leave her alone. She goes, stop infantilizing. She's. 20, and then he treats her like a baby. Yeah. And there but are, not, as, not as much of a baby as her grandfather treats her. But I want to see Mr. Fitzgerald. I'm awfully glad you're better. Better? 
But I haven't been ill. Stella merely suffers with a general delicacy. She doesn't accept invitations. Never? Perhaps I'd better frankly state that she's not strong enough to make new friends. Grandfather! Now run along, my dear. We're discussing something privately. Stella is not going inside that house. Yes, oh, I would yeah. say everyone... And so she kind of acts like a teenager. Yeah, because her grandfather also seems to be keeping her confined. Yeah. Yeah. All of her activities revolve around him. She does he doesn't let her out of the house. When Pamela invites her over while Rick is away to help, you know, to socialize and help get the place ready, mm -hmm. he tells her, No, she can't go out. <laughs> She's not fit. She's sick. Yeah. Well, you know, and now that you're talking about the, the coded lesbian stuff, it's funny that the grandfather doesn't want her to go over there when it's just Pam by herself. It's all there. Uh tell me, uh, what does Stella think of the changes? You mean Stella Meredith? Mm hmm I haven't set eyes on her. You haven't? I did write and ask her to tea. Got a reply from the commander, if you please, saying she wasn't strong enough to accept invitations. Not strong enough? Well, I expect it's us. We just aren't nice to know. He yeah. says, like, he says that several times. Like, she, she, there's a point where um, he's confronting Stella, the, the young girl, and she, mm -hmm. she says, um, oh, well, I don't understand why you don't want me to be friends with her. Yeah. Not with Rick. Not with them. And he was like, there is absolutely no way you're ever going over to that house. It was, yeah, so it was all yeah. about Pam for a very long time that you're not going over there. There's this, he keeps saying there's a sickness over there. Yeah. And, and he's, not not he's also not convinced he's, a, he's the one who's saying there's no haunting. So I, Was Stella's mother ever troubled at Windward House? What do you mean? Did she hear the crying? My daughter was not one to circulate ridiculous rumors. If she'd heard this, she'd have mentioned it. And she never did? Certainly not. And the trouble must have begun since her death. Do you mean to imply... Oh, no, no, no. I'm only trying to set the date. Good heavens, I didn't mean that your daughter haunts thee. How dare you suggest such a thing? Really, Commander, I'm most desperately sorry. Please forgive me. Very well, I accept your apology, but please understand one thing. Your purchase of the property doesn't establish a social bond between us. But what's the matter with us, Commander? Why don't you allow Stella to see us? Because I don't want to. And I must ask you for your word not to send her any more invitations. But this would all be reading to the audience of the time, and right. apparently this was a huge mm -hmm. hit with secret lesbian, lesbian societies at Ooh. the time. They, they read through all the codes. Lesbian sleeper horror hit. Who knew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for what they had back then, because I mean, you had, a, I mean, especially in the UK where you had it was illegal, you go to jail for it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Can I throw you something in right now? Yeah. Miss Holloway. Yes. Can we talk about Miss Holloway? Miss Holloway. Holloway. When, what a twist. When she first shows up, this is the person, we'll get into some of the mystery later, but this, when this character shows up years ago, when I first was showing it to my ex-partner, Brad, he was kind of in and out with the movie because he doesn't care. But he wandered <laughs> at one point later on when she was on the phone, he just heard, oh my God, Bulldog in a ball gown. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's serving total Mrs. Danvers realness in this. Yes, she's great. Very She's... sinister characters. Everybody in the 40s loved a sinister lesbian. There was a goddess. Her skin was radiant in that bright, bright hair. How this room brings her back to me. Oh, man. Yeah, that but hat her... alone. That's a very sinister hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had that when big necklace on that, with that yeah. big, big medallion that looked like it should be on some satanic cult it thing. Looked, it looked like it should have been worn by Mr. T. It looked heavy. It was going to pull down her neck or something. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe she left it to him. I got nothing. I got nothing. But Holloway, well, the name Hollow, the name Holloway. People of the time wouldn't have known that Holloway is a famous asylum slash prison in London that was 
significantly used to in the early 1900s to arrest suffragettes and people convicted of practicing lesbianism. What? Mm. Social yeah. commentary. Well, so that's why Mrs. Holloway has a huge pa- that's why everyone has huge paintings. Oh my the- gosh, yeah, we learned, we find out that that, that Stella's <laughs> Stella's uh deceased father was an artist and they why? lived in, they she lived in that house up until she's 3 years old until the why? tragic death of her mother. Of course there are others say different. There are well, that's only natural. After the way the lady of Windward House died, God rest her soul. You mean the commander's daughter? Only child. Come near breaking the old gentleman's heart. It's never been the same since. How did she die? Fell off the cliff. Accident? That's what I do say. Why does she, every room that she's into, and she mentions that, her, uh, her, her mother, there is a giant ass portrait. <laughs> There's a huge not at their ass house. portrait. Even like she's at, haunt- at Holloway's house. She's yeah, at she's haunting. Holloway's house, she has it too. Yeah. yeah. She's haunting the movie without yeah. haunting the movie. She, her ghost doesn't have to be there. She's in every fucking scene. She's yeah. looked, it, watching over everything. She'll just There's be like, the, it was. This Mary Meredith, who's Mary a Meredith. fucking. Gesture. Yeah, gesture up to the big giant painting up against the wall. Who apparently was the best person who ever lived. Uh, she, yes. According lived. to everybody in the script, that oh, she was a wonderful woman and so great, and Except she was a saint and she was a she goddess. Murdered. Yeah, however, yeah, yeah, because the whole thing is that the, how to summarize this: the the father was an artist, was a painter, right? And at a certain point, he hired a model, Carmel. We never see any portraits of Carmel. No, I knew. I was wondering what happened to all the paintings of Carmel. Well, I don't think I, she was a she wasn't a model because we couldn't say what was actually going on. Hey, because <laughs> of the Hayes Code. Patrick, mm. what do you yeah. Michigana? Real New Yorkers draw Carmel. <laughs> hey, a real New Yorker would have done a nice caricature on the side of the street for five dollars in the Times oh. Square. Ba boom! Oh, welcome <laughs> to Britain. Oh, whoa! Get a slice of pizza. Got a nice airbrush T-shirt with the name on it. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Ah, welcome to Britain. Yeah, so we're learning that there's a ghost in the house. There's there's weird things happening. You know, you hear crying in the night, and every time Stella comes over, weird shit happens. She's obsessed yeah. with the house because she says she grew up there and she feels closer to her mother there. She's also unhealthily obsessed with her mother. Your grandfather made you apologize, didn't he? Oh no, it was my mother. Your mother. But I understood that. I beg your pardon. I kept looking at her last night, thinking how I'd let her down. But isn't your mother dead? Yes, but I know all about her. From grandfather, of course. I was only three when she died. But I thought you said you looked at her. Her portrait hangs in my room. My father painted it. Oh, then it was his studio. Yes, and she was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have hobbies. Um, well, she that goes also. To church. That would also be another clue. Mm. Unspoken so, clue. Yeah. Is she also gay? We think so. Uh, some interpretations say, yeah, that character is also meant mm-hmm. to be at least struggling with it. Really? Oh, I see. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I seem like I thought she and Rick were, were hitting it off in a weird paternal No, way. I think there's well, a point where he forcibly kisses her to make her stop talking about her mother. Yeah. yeah. And, and she then, slaps him. And, and he, <laughs> yeah. what is it? He forces her down. The other thing that, he, like, oh, when they're in driving. The car. Yeah. And he forces her down into the car, and like as he's pushing, because I guess they're passing her dad or something on the dirt road, right? Because yeah. rich people don't drive, and <laughs> and he's just like, get down! And before she goes down, he just kind of gives her a look, like, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. This, uh, like, 
I, I admire this movie just because like the men are just kind of like gross caricatures. Except for the doctor. Except he for the doctor. Nice. Who mm. who Pam actually mm. ends up. Uh, uh, yeah, he's like a late. With, right? He's like a late in the late in the game with, uh, romantic addition for Pam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden they're married, but we've had no yeah. recognition yeah, of that fact from Pam. The well, very, it's the, the only the, uh, like the eligible whole... man that she's met this entire movie. Yeah. So of course they have to get married. <laughs> well, at a certain point, he sits her. He's like, "Well, I wish I would have met you sooner." And she went, eh, and then Rick came in and started talking. About yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Sorry, I'm a huge dyke." <laughs> man, man coming in must explain things. The yeah. end of the movie, though, I really loved it when he just kind of the doctor puts his hand on Pam's shoulder and he's just like, "Now we're together." <laughs> yeah, and she's just like. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's like, uh, sure. Don't worry, I will have you as my bride. Yeah. Yes. Poor old woman. Yeah. Yeah, so every time she comes over, like, she gets, like, weird feelings and stuff, and then all of a sudden she starts trying to throw herself off the cliff without knowing she's doing yeah. it. Ugh, dude. For heaven's sake, Stella. What's the matter, Rick? You were going over the edge. Was I? If I hadn't caught you. I hadn't any sense of danger at all. Look. I think this is where my mother fell, by the dead tree. If, Just if the I, way her mother died, we found out. We found out that her mother fell off the cliff, and apparent people listen. said it was suicide. Then, as we were learning as as it's going on, it right. was it's kind of a cool like flip and flip because yeah, you get a double mother, flip. Her mother died, and her, then we learned her mother was killed, and then we learned that who we thought was her mother. Mary Meredith is not, and it is actually Carmel, which means she's a horrible gypsy yeah. child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she smells been, nice. But she, she smells does really smell nice. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I she, love it, like, because they're so limited on what ghost effects they can do. It's like, oh, do you smell that smell? Do you smell, smell that mimosa? Mimosa? The mimosa scent. It's flooding the room. It's all right, darling. Nothing will hurt you. But I'm not frightened. This is what I felt in the nursery that night. The book. What's doing it? The wind. But what about the mimosa? We're letting our imaginations play hard with our senses. That's you from smell the book. those that, bellinis. That's from the book, though. That's that's and so yeah. That and I it was, love it. Yeah, I would actually, uh, I would actually appreciate it much more if if this ghost really committed to being gay by smelling like brunch whenever it came into <gasps> like. Oh my god. Bloody Mary. Uh, Bloody Mary Meredith. <laughs> Bloody Mary Meredith. This is really good, guys. We should rewrite this movie. Yeah. This is my. This is really stupid. This is the really uninvited stupid. to brunch. First of all, I thought one thing that annoys me is that they're really non plus that Bobby the dog ran away. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but Bobby comes back. So I know, but they're just like, eh, dog's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. Well, yeah, also, we got a ghost instead. It's just as good. It's just listen. There's absolutely no way that I would get a get a, just on a whim buy a house near a cliff with a dog because mm. the dog is not going to stay true. on that they area for very that. long. If that no, or the next gone, thing you know, the dog is like doing like parasailing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, making you look lame, and he's getting all the babes, and you're just like, all right, I'll just hang out with terriers, like <laughs> spelunking in, into like caves and shit. The dog is skateboarding before they even invented skateboards. Oh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Air Bobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being recruited for this junior high school basketball team. <laughs> In the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all... <laughs> Which is not here. We're Which not filming not, in San Francisco. We're not filming yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah, they, yeah, didn't they film in like Arizona or something? They filmed in San Francisco, Arizona and on the lots. 
So I can't nice. believe that. That's crazy. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. Make no attempt the, whatsoever to make this British. It's fine. It's the fine. scene that cracks me up because it's a line, it's a character that doesn't need to be there in an exchange that doesn't need to be there, but it makes me laugh. It's when the maid comes in to talk to the colonel, her, the grandfather, and says, mm-hmm. It's just that dinner will be late, sir. It's the lamb being awkward. <laughs> And he's uh, yeah. pitching this lamb, this lamb with like big like Coke bottle glasses, <laughs> just like just like a Woody Allen like lamb. <laughs> She's like, get well, in I, the I, pot. Look, look, I really, well, I, I really, I, I really I, like I, to get I, in the I oven, really, but it seems I, I, awfully I would hot. Really like to. I, I would just so, get in the oven. I, I would it lo- seems I would very love. hot in here. It's very hot She's in this oven. Hot. Don't you think it's oven? That was terrible. I'm cutting that out. Man, British lambs are the lamest, lamest lambs. They're just so neurotic and annoying. Yeah, I love look, Lizzie. Was a great character. She, I love Lizzie. She's fun. She look. I, I love that every movie of this period has its sassy drunk Irish maid. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because she because there are a couple of things in this moment in this, uh, and that she story. still treats them like kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, because they're the bosses, look- but she still treats them like kids. Yes. Time for you to go to bed, Miss Pam. Yeah. <laughs> She's just telling you a bunch of thirty year olds. Uh, no, you've eaten enough. It's time for you to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she's got a couple of great scenes, like her scene on the stairs when she sees the ghost. You don't see anything, but when she's petrified yeah. on the stairs, is a great scene. Mr. Roderick. Mr. Roderick. What is it, Lizzie? Are you hurt? Studio door. There's something there. Look, Lizzie, there's nothing there. It was. I saw it with my own two eyes. What? It was like a mist. A crawling mist. Oh, you imagined it just because you heard the house was haunted. But you heard nothing of the sort, Mr. Roderick. Holy saints, are you telling me it is? Oh, darling, Lizzie. I just come upstairs to turn down the beds. There it stood by the studio door looking down at me. A woman it was. Four steps back, it was just a mist. It was a woman, I swear it. The ghost of a woman. Yeah, that's really good. And then what's a, the thing with the soup? She has like an issue with the soup as well. Oh, they're fighting about the soup. She and Pam. No, it's just something when they came in. They're, they're like, oh, when, uh, Rick brought Lizzie to the house for the first time, and yeah. Pam's like, oh, I better stir the soup because Lizzie will spank me if I burn it. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna threaten to move oh, no. in with me if I don't do it. Ooh, ooh, I burnt it. Ooh, ooh. naughty Pam. Ooh, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, guess I'm uninvited to the lesbian orgy. <laughs> It's not the ghost is going to be crying tonight. Oh, oh, my no. bottom hurts so much just thinking about it. And this then Rick's is terrible. Like, yeah, I can cry out of my penis. And they're like, no, Rick, you're not invited. Rick you're uninvited. Invited. You're uninvited, He's Rick. Uninvited. Good Lord. Uh-huh. No. Don't you have a lost weekend to get to? Oh, oh, good movie. Yeah, it's the following year. Yeah. I love that there movie. That's go. a great movie. Yep. Good, 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 re- good reference. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I also love that there's a character in this called Dr. Scott. Because yes, every time I they said his name, I had to go, Dr. Just, Dr. Scott, Janet, Brad, Rocky, uh. Liz was doing that, too. <laughs> I do, yeah. Yes, of course that. you were. Yes. Um, that's my girl. That's my girl. You and she me, She kept baby. on doing it, and I was I'm like, like oh, Dr. Scott. Um, I keep on forgetting that there's Dr. the Scott. old adage of, of ghost stories where it's dogs or cats won't cross a threshold. because oh, the dog Because yeah. Bobby won't go upstairs. And the cat. And there's a cat there's there. There's a cat yeah, at some the point. The cat won't go upstairs. Yeah. yeah uh, Lizzie brings the cat. That's, that's right. right. It's Lizzie's cat. And I love that she won't stay the night, but she brings the cat with her every yeah. day. Yeah. I need my cat. I need my puss. 
I need another lesbian. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I just thought this house could use another pussy. And then it's like, oh, of course, there we go. And Pam's like, I'll say. Oh. <laughs> but I want to know what's going on at, uh, is it the Lansing house? What is the other house that Lizzie goes to where she won't? Oh, the, the, the Jessup farm. The Jessup farm, that's it. They just dump her over there. At a certain part, they're just like, oh, well, she can go stay at the Jessup's farm, but nobody calls the Jessup's. <laughs> no, just because over there. But it seems like it must be pretty luxe if she wants to hang out over there. Yeah. Well, it's not haunted, and they're not doing devil stuff right. with Ouija boards. It's a oh, farm. Yeah. That's a great scene. We could hold a seance. You're not serious. Well, that's how the dead are supposed to communicate with the living. According to the idiot fringe. Oh, Rick, you've no right to say that. Many intelligent people believe in spiritualism. Have you ever been to a seance? I have. Shaded lights, the alphabet laid out on the table, an upside-down wine glass, messages from somebody's Uncle Oswald, how to find a mislaid toothbrush, oh... Oh, stop scoffing, Rick. Not all seances are faked. All right, we'll have a seance. It shouldn't be difficult to move a wine glass around and say it's Mary Meredith. What do you think, Scott? Oh, leave me out of this. Well, I won't let you cheat, Stella. But what do you expect Mary Meredith to tell her? Entrust your life to a tall, dark man, excruciatingly handsome. Oh, crikey, no. I want to set Stella's mind at rest. She's just about torn in two. Well, I will say this. Unless the conflict inside her is stopped, it may even affect her reason. Well, here's a message that might do it. Stella, this is your mother. Since I found you, I found peace. Stay away from Windward House. Yes, but Stella'd have to be at the seance. Well, naturally. And it'll have to be at Windward, and it's dangerous for her to be there. But we'd be with her all the time. All right. It may be worth a try. That yes. scene was actually really cool. I like that With the wine scene. glass. I didn't... Yeah. I, I never occurred to me... Like, I knew that they must have done Ouija board... I knew that they did that before Ouija boards were a thing. Mm-hmm. But I did love the, the scrabble tiles and a wine glass. Yeah. Gotta have, file yeah. that away for next time we need to conjure ghosts at our house. And I keep meaning... I'll probably do this and fix this in post. I don't know what... Because uh, 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 Stella gets possessed. Yeah. Right. During this seance. You know, they, they, they set up the seance because they're like, this will tell her... Like, okay, we, we know that there's a ghost. We're acknowledging there's a ghost. She thinks that she wants to stay here because it's her mother and she'll be safe here, but she keeps trying to throw herself off this fucking cliff. By the way, that's our other link, our other common thread for our movies. Yeah. Children being thrown off cliffs. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, uh-huh. so yeah, so here we go. <laughs> so apparently that happened. those cliff movies, huh? That's part of that story about Mary, Mary Meredith's death that we didn't hear about at the beginning either, that there was a child involved. Rick, uh, why burden Lizzie with this? We should now be spam. Where will we start, Mr. Rick? I don't know. Everybody seems to be dead. The trained nurse isn't. What trained nurse? She was here when it happened, the friend of the poor lady that went over the cliff. Where did you hear all this? Now, what do you suppose we talk of at the Jessops? It was the trained nurse that shouted down to Mr. Jessop on the shore. Was Jessop in on the tragedy? Uh, He was after some lost sheep. The tide was out, so he went down. And as he passed under the dead tree, he heard a scream. Mrs. Meredith. No, it was the scream of a terrified child. And as he ran towards it, the poor lady came crashing down. It was then that the nurse called. Lizzie Flynn, you're a gold mine. Yes, well, there was a child that was going to be thrown up. They were fighting over a child, and that's when she got pushed over the cliff. Yeah, yeah, Mary, Mary, uh, yeah. Somebody was going to actually throw the kid over the cliff, but then somebody right. else went over like, instead. Well, so, yeah. someone's got to go over this cliff. It's not going to be this baby. You can't, it's, it's Chekhov's cliff. Yes, yeah. You can't introduce a cliff, cliff without somebody throwing themselves over it at some point. Right. Um, yeah, she gets possessed, and she starts speaking in Spanish, but I don't know what she says. Are you Mary Meredith Stella's mother? Ella no way. Ella no way. No le creena. No le pongan oído que está mintiendo. Don't ask anymore. Sola ladrona. Ladrona de mi cariño. Spanish, isn't it, Scott? I don't know. 
brick the mimosa scent. The room's full of it. Mary Meredith's in here, too. <laughs> the cold. It's never been cold in here. Candles. Look at the candles. Stop, Pamela. Don't go near that door. I mean, it was kind of Spanish. I listened to it. I speak Spanish, and I couldn't really make it out. Do you speak gypsy Spanish? Uh, no, I don't. That's I know the, that's I an was... offensive term. That's an offensive term, but that's what they say in the movie. Okay. Yeah. So. No, you know what? I actually wondered if it was Portuguese. It sounded a little like Portuguese to me. Uh, she, could, she could be saying the whole thing. She'd be like, Dos Fantasma, there are two ghosts. Dos Fantasma. <laughs> mi mamá es un fantasma. And they're like, what's she saying? Biblioteca. Mi, mi bueno. Yeah. She no bueno. <laughs> they're all breaking out those little fuzzy, those fuzzy instructional language oh, DVDs. Yeah. Je suis la zombie. Je suis oh. la zombie. Those, those children aren't French, but they're S-O-C-K-S. speaking French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did like they they held the seance though to prove that there was not a ghost. They were no, like, they, well, no, they, they 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 knew there was a ghost. They knew that it was to actually convince her to they were gonna make the ghost by forcing the glass tell her to stay away from the house. Oh, that's what it was. So they they were like, yes, the ghost is real, but the ghost is not saying what we want it to say. Right. Right. Got it. Got it. And then the ghost was like, no. <laughs> ghost is yeah. like, you don't put words in my mouth. Mm-mm. And it also seems very, it also seems very. Uh, hard because rick a lot of time whenever he witnesses these things he's just kind of like just go back to bed it's probably the wind it's probably your your female hormones just what's turning the pages in those books (laughs) oh don't worry about that those are my farts (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the book i fart mimosa (laughs) (laughs) i like that the book pages turn every time someone turns their back that was my favorite part (laughs) they don't it doesn't move when someone's looking this is a sneaky ghost sneaky ghost i want you to know i'm there but like don't do it i don't want you to catch me I like that little effect too. That was really cool. The pages, yeah, the yeah. pages turning, and then whenever they they turned back to it, it would stop. And I was like, "That's awesome." Because there's so much in this story that's necessary that you can't say because of the Hayes Code. Yeah, you can't talk about people getting married at having sex out of wedlock. You can't pe- talk about children being conceived out of wedlock. You can't talk about lesbians. You can't talk about so much stuff, so they have to dance around everything. Yeah, yeah. that's why the the double twist was so cool. But also, yeah, they can't say any of it. So you have to kind of put two and two together. Yeah. Which is kind of better that it's not explicitly stated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I something I do really hate with some of the modern horror movies we've watched is when they spell it out. It's like, yeah, I know. I got it. Uh-huh. I got it 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. This and then they keep going. Yeah, and this was like a genuine, I don't know about you, Josh, but this was a genuine surprise to me. I figured nice. that she was the daughter of the ghost, but I didn't expect the switch the, the of switch Carmel and Mary Carmel. Meredith. Yeah. Um, and Mrs. Holloway, her her lover. And one of the things that makes me sad, and it's a total patriarchy thing, and it's also a Hayes Coat thing, is that in the book and in the play, it's Stella who confronts the ghost at the end, the Mary Meredith, the evil yeah. one, and makes why her does, go. Because that makes Rick sense. Do it? Yeah, because because apparently he's a big strong man. Because those were the rules. Like men have to be the hero. Women have to be like this. You can't do like if you ever read the Hayes Code, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, because it would make more sense for the ghost to listen to Stella than to listen to some stranger who bought her house. Yeah, it just it makes no sense for Rick to be like, "You wait here. 
I'll take care of this Hold ghost. Hold on. I gotta go be a man. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go throw something at a lady. <laughs> at a dead lady. Just a second. Mary Meredith? Where are you? It's time somebody faced that icy rage of yours. What do you want? It's Stella, isn't it? It's too late, Mary. You see, we're on to you now. You told Carmel to clear out and leave her baby, but Meredith wouldn't stand for it. And despite them, you tried to kill their child, and instead went hurtling over the cliff yourself. Gives you a saintly legend rather a black eye, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, so you don't like the sound of laughter, do you? But that's all you'll get from now on. <laughs> I should think you'll be on your way now, Mary Meredith. We've had enough. We're not frightened of you anymore. From now on, this house is for the living. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it, like at that was the that was the moment where I was just like, why is Rick doing this? This makes no sense. Yeah, because there are so many moments in this movie where it was kind of like a false ending. It's like, okay, well, it's over now, and of course, it's not. Nope. And then, like when Rick's like, "I finally got her gone. I finally, I finally did it. I done, I done got her gone." And I'm like, "No, you didn't, because you're Rick." And then I was like, "Oh no, no wait, that did. isn't in the movie. He did it. <laughs> he did do it. He okay, did it yeah, for Stella, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he did exactly because he loves her so much. This girl that I barely know. Yeah, he... that I treat like a six year old, even though I keep telling her that she's an adult. Yeah, she's gonna be more like a. a Don't put ward. your hair back up. Wear it down because it's sexy. Yeah. And I'm a man, and I know That's these right. things. That's right. He's like, no, you're gonna ignore all those things your father, your grandfather told you to do. You're gonna come hang out with me. Don't put watch your me hair. vomit all afternoon. Yeah. All That's right. a fun scene. That's a fun yeah. scene. Let <laughs> me get seasick. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a stomach like Gibraltar. Not externally, of course. Are you asleep? No, just wondering if our national confidence in Gibraltar isn't misplaced. I was lo- that was our first date with me and Liz is where I w- made her watch me throw up on a boat <laughs> for like a couple hours. And I was Not like, our first date, around. but that, that is an actual date that we had. We went on a boat and Josh got sick. I don't, I don't do boats very well. Yeah. Um, or at least boats that ferry around the tip of Manhattan. Yeah. Mm, oh, was it the Circle Line? No, then you should be throwing up that thing. No, it was, um, <laughs> it was one of those boat cruises that goes to Bear Mountain. Yeah. Oh, a, okay, okay. An Oktoberfest okay. cruise. So we had also been drinking beer and then... Uh, the and then you're not even seasick then. That's just lame, Josh. <laughs> I, was, I was seasick and I was drunk sick. Yeah, okay, was okay. But, All right. So speaking of sickness, there's a point after... after after the seance thing happens and the, the colonel catches them make do it during the seance and he takes Stella away. He locks her up in an asylum. Right. To get her away from the sickness in that house, but which it's... might be the ghost or it might be Pam's. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cause that's when we meet Mrs. Bird. I love Mrs. Bird. Oh yeah. yeah. This isn't my day for an interview and I want her to have these. What are they? Bird's eggs? But that's very funny, because you see, I'm Miss Bird. <laughs> sends, sends her away to Mrs. Holloway's. Mrs. Oh, I'm sorry, Holloway's the Ma- the Mary house. Meredith retreats, held through harmony. Yeah. Which is just a very very fancy fancy prison. Yes, Mrs. Holloway was just in love with Mary Meredith, right? Like that's yeah. uncomfortably so. Uncomfortably. Like even if you don't get the, if you, even if you don't know that she's a lesbian, you're like that woman is unhealthily in love with a dead woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done what she wanted at last, haven't I, Mary? 
It's all straight now. There are no frayed edges. No loose ends. All straight. And the thing is, the uh, Catholic Church and the decency court, whatever decency code people, like, started picketing the movie. Oh, oh. Yeah, awesome. Catholics did it again. <laughs> Catholics ruining it for everybody again. They wrote the studio. They're like, you can't release this movie. This movie is filth. It's showing depravity. Wow. And the thing is, it is, I mean, they coded it as much as they can, but come on. Like, you see about 9,000 portraits of Mary Meredith <laughs> That's through, through the course of this movie, but the one in her office, and they're gigantic. Huge. They're like 20 feet tall. The one in her office is completely eroticized. The breasts on it are like, comic book yeah. breasts yeah i know she's in like that little flimsy it's like a flimsy nightdress looking thing yeah and that's the a one where she looks like tilda swinton yes <laughs> it's a giant painting over the over the mantle it's like yeah the, the intention of the artist was like whenever somebody comes into this room and sees this painting i want their jaws to get to fall to the ground and their eyes to bug out like they were a, in a looney tunes cartoon after seeing a very attractive woman Ba-wooga. yeah, yeah. And the tongue rolls out like a carpet yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> Then, yeah, and she's got a speech. She's like, The nights we've sat talking in front of that fireplace, planning our whole lives. It wasn't flirtations and dresses we talked about. We were no silly, giggling girls. We intended to conquer life. She was a wonderful woman. We spent so many nights sitting in front of this fireplace, not girlish chat. No, we were talking about how we were going to take over the world. Serious plans we were making together. I'm like, holy wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, and also for how much she cared about Mary Meredith, she couldn't give two shits about Stella. Yeah. Neither could Mary Meredith because, like, you find out later, this is another clue about this whole thing is that in the, the medical journal, the book that where the pages keep turning, they're always looking at the wrong page. So the ghost is trying to tell them which page yeah. to look at, which is where you find out that it's not the Mary Meredith who was going to have the baby. It was actually the model Carmel that the doctor went to see. Right. And he said something. He's like, well, it makes, and the doctor knew that, that it was, he's like, there's something funny going on out there. And I know it's like, oh, it's yeah. not some random stranger that knocked her up. And he's like, well, it kind of makes sense because Mary Meredith has always feared and refused motherhood. Yes, right. So she's or something. Yeah, like she's yeah. turning down sex yeah. to hang out with her trained nurse, right. Miss Holloway. Yeah. So the husband is having sex with Carmel. Has has this piece on the side, like they have an arrangement almost. I was gonna say they must all have an agreement. Yeah. 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 Could not talk about that in a movie like this, but mm-hmm. it's there. It's all there. And then there's a battle for the kid because it's like they they send they send. They say, like, oh, we're going to take Carmel back to her homeland. But we were there for a really long time. And, oh, look, she had a – and then, and then, you know, she and then I can't, with a baby. We, we, yeah, Mary Meredith came back with a baby, which fools absolutely no one. But the so problem is – is this movie vilifying lesbianism? That is the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. Well, you know, the, you know we got Pam and we got Stella. Yeah. It's, it's kind of evenly bad. It's only it's – only, yeah, but – the thing is, that's how it was in the day as well. You oh, could have man. these characters, but you that was why gay people have problems with how we're represented today because it's like for so long, we're always the villains or the victims. Right. Yeah. Or joke. Yeah. And this is one of those classic things that is problematic, but it's just, it was still visibility and the people of the time ate it up because they were like, that's us. That's a, you know, <laughs> sometimes we are the, sometimes we are the villains, believe it or not. We are adorable and everything, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I Sometimes we do bad Absolutely. things. Yeah, so it's all very complicated. It's a very complicated relationship that's going on off camera that when you really think about it, you're like, oh my God, what the hell was going on in that house? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
to get to the yeah. point where Mary Meredith was going to throw your daughter off the goddamn cliff because she was so pissed off at you. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the other thing too is that th- with this kind of relationship that they've cultivated between these two women, now now you're bringing in like a baby that you're possibly going to murder. That you're going to yeah. uh-huh. have to raise, but nobody which is, wants which is to... kind of like a bad and also thing of saying yeah. This is a modern kinda... perspective, but Stella has two mommies. Stella has two She mommies. does have two mommies. Three yeah. if you count Lizzie. That's true. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> oh, Lizzie wants nothing to do. Oh, well, yeah, she, well, I don't know. They don't have yeah, any secrets. Lizzie, yeah, might, yeah, sure. Lizzie, Lizzie might, might want to yeah. get in on that. I, yeah. She brings her booze, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me a nice bottle pet, and then you can pet me pussy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's a completely Ooh. different Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's a fun little movie. But the thing that's really sad about this is um, Gail Russell, who plays mm-hmm. Stella. Actually, before we do this, I just want to say the the song in this, Stella by Starlight, yes. to this day, like one of the top ten jazz standards. To Serenade, to Stella by Starlight. You mean this Stella? Mm-hmm. But it's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Is it? See, this is the only way I can paint you. Some black keys and some white. And fingers that are much too clumsy. But you're in it somehow. Really? Oh, cool. They added words to it after this Frank Sinatra recorded, Al Fitzgerald uh, recorded. Like, everybody's recorded this song. It is a jazz standard. It is beloved. Uh, well, it was, it's a great song. It is. I mean, it's, it's nicer with words, but um, but still, it's a pretty little song. And <laughs> yeah. um, so Gail Russell never wanted to be an actress. Her mother wanted her to be an actress. Mm. She wanted to be a painter. Era, I feel like. She wanted to be a painter. She was never comfortable on set, ever. She was, she was one of those kids that would h- rather hide under the table than talk to people. Mm. She was that afraid of people. And then all of a sudden, she's not just a background player. All of a sudden, they thrust her into leading roles. And this was like her first leading role. And she was so terrified that she started drinking on set. Oh. And that was the beginning of the end for Gail Russell. Wait, I'm sorry. Gail, who did she play in this? Stella. Stella? Oh, man. She was yeah. great. That's a shame. She, uh, she died at 36 of cirrhosis oh, of the liver. Oh, Cirrhosis and of the liver at 36? And she was 30, like 20 when she made that movie? Well, I don't know how old she was. She was very young. She, but, oh, wow. Uh, but still, yeah, she died at 36. And it's Oof. really sad. Like, she got into a car accident. She killed somebody. Oof. In a hit, uh, you know, in a hit and run, but it was a whole scandal, and she was um, villainized, and they kept trying to bring her back, and she couldn't. Hit. Like there was, t- there were, t- they she was abused on sets too. Like she would be so nervous on sets that she couldn't control her hands, and some director had her hands tied behind her back for an entire shoot. Jesus, man. Yeah, and she wound up dying at thirty six. But the thing is, uh, an LA DJ tells stories that she would call his station in her final months, like every week or so. And request Stella by Starlight, and she did that the night before she died. Oh. And they found her alone in her apartment. Just she died alone in her apartment, penniless and loathed. Oh, Jesus. I feel like I feel like unfortunately that's a story that you hear so much about women in Hollywood at this time who are just yeah. sort of at the mercy of the studios and the directors and the other men on and yeah. their mothers. Yeah. So there are so many women who got into showbiz because it was like the mom needed uh, you know needed some extra income, so they sent the daughter out to the. I mean, and you would never know it watching this movie. She's really good. She always yeah. thought she was a terrible actress. She couldn't even watch her own movies. Oh, 
my gosh. She's kind of like the Kurt Cobain of of like Yo, 40s yeah. cinema. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who just who just like didn't really want that spotlight, but all of a sudden it was given to them, and they just kind of couldn't handle it. Kinda, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't handle it. it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. That's the tragedy of the uninvited, but. Yeah, but they got that awesome Alanis Morissette song out of it. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wish sure I could did. sing it for you right You're now. Yeah. I know it. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to be thinking that. Didn't, didn't, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry did, about that. Didn't Evanescence do one, too? Evanescence? Perhaps. I don't, I don't so. I'm not as familiar with Evanescence as I am with Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Well, Alanis Morissette is awesome. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'll never. She, she's, she's still. She's still. She still got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She was great in the movie, too. Yes, when she comes down as God and just like when she comes, when she comes, she's so good. <laughs> Mary Meredith, you're banished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Lannis Morissette. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, I think we've done the uninvited. And then she explodes uh, uh, Ben Affleck's head. Yes, who doesn't love that? Gross. He's gross. I saw him slap somebody with a sandwich once. Ugh. Where? Where'd you see that? On set. It didn't have what it, oh, no. it was the wrong kind of sandwich, and he opened up the sandwich and smacked the PA in the face with it. Yeah, he always seemed like kind of a. Oh, a dude, douche. that sucks. Batman did that. Not Batman. He's not a great Batman. We don't uh, have to do that. Oh, please. He was. He was. No, no. He'll no. He'll always be the blind one. That was the, whatever that terrible movie Dare, was. Daredevil. Daredevil. Right. That was terrible. It was a terrible yeah. movie. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Ben Affleck, guys. <laughs> I think we've done the uninvited. Oh, good. Thank, thank God. Thanks. Thank you for letting us be invited to the uninvited. Oh. Well, that was funny when I sent Liz the the link to this. It said, you're invited to the uninvited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is such a meta thing that we're doing here right I now. Never, I'm glad you brought this. I'm glad you brought this movie up because now I think I do want to watch it again. I've never seen it before. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. I'm, yeah. When uh, I think maybe this will be like a really good like spooky Halloween movie. To yeah, have. it's a good Halloween movie for sure. Yeah, for your people who aren't really in love with horror movies. Yeah. I oh yeah, it definitely. Because it's more about it's definitely more about mood and mystery. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, that, and I, wilting roses. Yes. Yeah, so and you just buy those flowers. Mm-hmm. The mimosas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do love that they have a depression room. But anyway, we're not going back to the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. guys, before you go, remind everybody like where they can find you and where they can find Bloody Date Night. You can find Bloody Date Night on any of your podcasts. In your butt. In your, in in your, your butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it on any uh, place that you find podcasts, iTunes, uh, Podbean, uh, Podbean we're, Stitcher. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're Bloody Date Night on all of those things. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that we uh we have new merch out right now. We do. We've got merch. Uh t-shirts, we've got uh stickers and also we've got a Patreon going on right now. So anybody mm. who wants to go peruse that and throw some bones our way, that would be awesome. And yeah. you and you get some some sick ass stuff if you depending on how much you uh put in. Yeah, I actually Sweet. was working at something for one of our new patrons today. I cross-stitched Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. It was, wow, it's, it's pretty sweet. Real cute. He's wow, like, you are committed to merch. Now you may, I'm gonna have to cut all this out because my Patreon people will be like, "Well, I'm going over there." Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I want. I want. It looks like they really put work in. Yeah, I I'm, want something. I want something crafty, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cute. He's a little baby, baby Spalding. Yeah, he's got and, his little uh, hands up and everything. It's hey, like, hey, Liz. Yeah, Liz. Before you, you two go, I gotta ask you a question. Sure. Um, do you still want to remain married to Josh after this movie? After watching this movie, yes. Yeah. Okay, I figured I'd turn the tables for a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you, you did not ask me if I want to still stay <laughs> married to Liz. So that's well, that's the way you, you do. 
Uh-huh. Of course. I mean, look at her. Look, look at her. Look at me. She's a she's a prize. Look at you. <laughs> You're a mole uh, man. It's yeah. Actually, I'm glad that you 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 stopped this now because I have to go haunt uh, the a gargoyle roof on top of an NYC skyscraper in 15 minutes, Patrick. Okay, okay. Say hi to Flem while you're there. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, good. All right, thank you guys very much uh, for joining me once again. Thank you for your third time showing up yes. to do the countdown to Halloween. Potathon, gold stars to you both. No TRs, because fuck that. No oh, way. Yeah. But and thank you for helping out the kids at New Alternatives. You know it's very near and dear to my heart, and I got all mushy and cry last time, but nobody will ever know because that didn't come out right. And before you go, guess what I have to say to you? What's that? I have to bring you tidings of the seasons and wish you both a happy Halloween! Happy, happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> happy lesbian Halloween! Oh, 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 I love lesbian Halloween! All right, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, that wraps up the guest portion of the program. I want to give a huge thank you to Josh and Liz, not just for coming back this time, and just for so many times and helping out the podcast and just being awesome and delightful, delightful people that I know in real life, too. Makes me very happy that they're alive and in my life, but most of the in my life part, the alive. Things just got weird. I just started talking and things are already weird. Okay, before we wrap up, we have a few things to deal with. First of all, I want to actually tell you the other bad thing that happened, why these episodes have gone missing. What happened after flashback the beginning of the first episode when I explained what was happening, where I couldn't get an episode to upload. And then it did. And I was like, okay, great. Once I saw it uploaded, I thought everything was fine. Then it uploaded to the server. Um, everything was cool. So the next day I did this epi- the second episode on the black waters of Echo's Pond. Set it up on Captivate FM. Hit enter. Went along my merry way. Same thing the next day. Set up the episode with the creepy kids girls talking about dead and buried. Hit enter. Went along my merry way. Something should have alerted me that there was a problem. And I'll tell you why it didn't. I mentioned that this I'm using this new podcast host, Captivate FM. And they're fabulous. I have to say, you know, it's, with, even with all these problems, these problems are my fault, not theirs. But the fact that I'm having these problems and people are talking to me from Captivate FM. Mark over there is great. His whole crew is great. Always there to help. Unlike my last podcast company, <laughs> unlike my last podcast hosting company who refused to talk to me ever when there was a problem. Figure it out yourself, bitch. I also mentioned that I'm using this service called Repurpose IO, where I'm turning all the Shows into videos and video clips for marketing purposes. See, when I hit, when I, it's the combination of these things, these two things and getting them at the same time, starting using them at the same time, that was causing some of the confusion on my part. When you've set up your work thing on repurpose, because that's automatic and you just hit enter and it just does what it does on its own. When it's working, it'll say, okay, uh, your episode is queued. It's the next in the queue to go in for processing. It'll just say queued or scheduled. I didn't notice that when I put up that first episode or the second episode or the third episode, it didn't say published. It said scheduled. And my little brain went, oh, okay, it's in the queue. No, there's no queue at Captivate.com. Or I thought they were just being British. Oh, you're scheduled. You're scheduled. 
Okay, great, cool. No. No. It's just me being unfamiliar with their format. Which is completely easy to understand, but it was not anything I was used to and didn't realize that there was a scheduling button that had gotten hit. Then you could set a date and time for your episodes to come out. Somehow I had triggered that. And so those shows were indeed scheduled to be published, but in like two weeks. So imagine my horror when I went on to Radio Public to listen to the three shows to see how they turned out. And there was nothing there. Nothing. And immediately I'm, I'm panic. I go immediately. I go into panic mode. I'm thinking that problem that I keep having with my old feed on the old podcast host was back. And I'm going to have to pay somebody $100 to come in and look at things. And I'm panicking and I'm panicking. And I went, I looked at the Captivate FM site and it said, scheduled. Still, and I said, hmm, wait a minute. Okay, let's poke around on the site. And then I saw the button. I mean, oh, there it is. And I had to make a decision. Do I just barf out all three episodes at once? Or do I meter them out carefully? Because now the whole timeline of the pot of thought is screwed anyway. So I said, let's make a party out of it. Let's make it something special. So at some time during the next seven days, you are going to get DP'd by the potathon. DP'd. Double podcast it. What did you think I meant? Oh my God, you're disgusting. No, no, no. Just at some point, I'm going to drop an extra episode in at the halfway point during one of the days. Catch up. My apologies to Jordan from Don't Get Stabbed, Cindy and Stacy from Creepy Kitch for screwing up their shows and screwing up the timeline. I also realized, oh, you have a calendar out. People are going to be expecting certain shows on certain days. Why don't we stick to that? So that's where you're getting DP'd. Double podcasted. Stop giggling. It's very serious. God. <clears throat> you said, don't worry. You'll be getting those episodes. They'll be coming out. They're actually fabulous. I'm very proud of them. And you don't know when it's going to happen. So just at any point, do what you need to do to be prepared to get DP'd by me this week. Stop it. God, stop. God. We're trying to help children, for God's sake. Okay, remember at the beginning of the interview with Josh and Liz, I mentioned that I was bummed that we didn't get to record a little bit earlier in that day because we had this perfect storm outside. All of a sudden, it got really dark and really cold and really rainy, like big, scary wind and, 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 and loud, scary storm. Well, that's happening right now. It was actually a great way to edit this episode. But that also means it's cold, dark, rainy, and really scary out. It's great for me in my apartment. Not so great for the kids out on the streets. And as they say on Game of Thrones, winter is coming. It's not going to be getting any warmer. And beds are going to get a lot harder to find. So, please, before we go, Remember that me, <laughs> that this 15 days of entertainment that I put together for you is not just for your entertainment. It's also just to wake up call. It'll shake you up and say, hey, these people all getting together, gay, straight, every color of the LGBT rainbow are doing this. To wake you up and say, hey, help us. Help these kids. Help us help these kids. So please do that. You know what to do. Bit.ly. 
Facebook Screen Queens podcast. Bit.ly FBSQ pod. Facebook Screen Queens podcast. Or bit.ly Screen Queens podcast new alternatives. SQ pod NA. The links are in the show notes. You've got no excuse. While I won't be taking voicemails, of course, during the potathon, you can still reach me at 917-720-2047 and leave me your stories of your Halloween or your favorite Halloween. You know, I'm, I've been locked up in the house to entertain me. Tell me spooky stories. Tell me a scary movie that you saw. Anything. Just call me. Call me. Pick up the phone and just call me. Please make me stop doing that. You can write me to tell me to stop doing that at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, it's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens and I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Pod. And be sure to visit the official Scream Queens Tee Public store where everything on my site, everything on my particular page has been hand-selected to fit my particular demographic. And anything you buy in the store will go to help the show. And while you're there, you can pick up the exclusive limited edition Countdown to Halloween 2019 Spooky Smoochy t-shirt designed by Carly McCutcheon, all proceeds of which go to help new alternatives in their quest to fight teenage homelessness among the LGBTQ population. Yay! So tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be joined by Allison and Brian. Allison Awacki and Brian Polk. And we're going to be talking about the movie Creature, otherwise known as Titan Find. And you know what that means. Boobs in space! And this movie is actually available on Amazon Prime and also on YouTube. It's got two names, so just the same movie, just search them down. If you want to play along at home, and I know you do. I know you do, because you want to keep up with Allison and Brian, because they're super cool people from California. And if you don't keep up with them, Allison will leave you behind. She will just cut you off. She's that kind of bitch, but I love her. I love her to pieces. So, until tomorrow, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a less creepy place this Halloween season, if you know what I mean. And never, ever, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.